listening to a podcast from Light FM. Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on the Light Breakfast. And today we're talking about bedtime routine with our resident child psychologist, Katiana Azman. So we know it's important. And there are so many books and systems out there talking about bedtime routines, how to do them, etc. Can we just start with why we need a bedtime routine in the first place? Mm. Why is it important for kids? Mm. Well, I mean, because kids aren't capable of regulating themselves, whether it comes to kind of regulating their schedule time-wise. We're looking at kids who might not be able to articulate and communicate very well. Schedules are super helpful and super important. We're talking about sleep now, but we can also talk about like eating and Mm. playtime and things like that. Having these structures are really, really helpful for kids because they can't regulate it themselves. Mm. And it does encourage healthy habits. It also makes mom and dad's life super easy because (laughs) kids are following a schedule rather than kind of... And I think anyone who's had a newborn will know sort of the early days where everything was on demand. And it's kind of difficult to plan your day you know you're kind of going with what the child is requesting or what the child is communicating in their own way and so a schedule is a good way to kind of get your child into a bit of a system Mm -hmm. which will be super helpful especially when they go to school and there's other areas where these structures will exist just an aside on talking about structures and stuff sleep Mm. happens depending on the age of the child you know once in the middle of the day as well as nighttime school manages to get kids into that routine and the problems parents I think face when it comes to so the idea of routine is okay maybe we've got nighttime down but Mm. daytime we can't get the kid to follow Mm. what Mm -hmm. happens at kindy is it important to keep following that as well when we talk about the importance of sleep schedules I think as children get older, we kind of need to introduce some flexibility because, of course, like you said, there are going to be certain situations that you can't avoid, right? So say you've got an important appointment that you have to go to that coincides with your child's nap time. Um, Some parents that I know, and I've been guilty of this as well, try to live their life according to their children's schedule, right? Mm -hmm. So they avoid things (laughs) and cancel appointments and stuff. And that's fine to an extent. But as you get older, that's going to be harder and harder to do. And like you said, especially when the child goes to school, And we can't really dictate those hours. So I think that as much as you have a schedule, once the child has kind of reached a stage where the schedule becomes quite predictable, and this varies, but generally speaking, kids around, I would say, like the six-month mark would start having a bit of a predictable routine when it comes to their naps and feeding and things. It might not be exact to the minute, but roughly. And when things like that start to exist, when you start seeing a bit of a pattern, I think that it's completely fine to introduce some variability moving your child's nap time an hour above or an hour Mm. behind depending on your child just so that you have a child who can accommodate those things if the situation calls for it so i think that having that flexibility and that adjustability if you will is a good thing and sometimes having that flexibility includes having an uncle nearby who becomes the mobile <laughs> crib that's happened yes. to me many times exactly like, and if you have a child who can sleep on the arm wonderful <laughs> yeah. right? but some kids are like I need prime conditions right. with blackout curtains and stuff and then that becomes really difficult as well when you have parents who stick to these very hardcore routines like I said like you know they need to have the child needs to be in their own bed there needs to be blackout there needs to be their white noise machine there needs to be all these prime conditions and then it becomes difficult when you try 
travel yeah. it becomes difficult you know so i would say that in the early months you know you sticking to a routine and being very pedantic about it is super important but as your child gets older and they kind of follow into that system introducing some variability i think is also healthy what do we need to take into account when we're developing that bedtime routine given that you know every family is different what are like the important components that should be in place that would make a good bedtime routine so like you said it's family to family right like some families would like to put their child down earlier some families would like to do it later because then the child can be a part of dinner time activities with the adults it is very variable the internet will tell you what is appropriate or acceptable bedtime window but to mm-hmm. be honest do what works for your family as long as you're getting your child is getting good quality sleep so i think that what is important to remember is to make sure that your child isn't in a very stimulating space right mm. so if you're trying to put your kid down but then there's someone in the same bedroom watching tv at full volume or right. the lights are bright out right so i think just having a routine or having an, an environmental conditions that are very calming and that are things that the child can then associate with sleep what's even better is to also have a bit of a lead up time towards the bedtime so a lot of parents may the mistake of oh i want my child to be in bed by 8 i'll just kind of start getting them ready for bed at like 7:45 and then mm. in your jammies mm. brush your teeth go to bed that's not healthy even for adults because the brain is kind of figuring out like hang on like 2 minutes ago i had to be alert and awake and doing all kinds of things right. now you just want me to switch off so it can be a little bit too stark or too abrupt a mm. transition and you will find kids to uh, struggling to kind of wind down especially as they get older and they become a lot more aware of sensory input and things like that so it's always good to start a bedtime routine an hour maybe even 2 hours before you would like your child to go to bed mm. and what that means is coming up with things like a bath time reading a book or getting into your jammies if your child is older maybe slowly packing their clothes for or picking their clothes for kindy the next day packing their bag having a routine that is consistent every night that isn't super stimulating so we're not watching tv we're not dancing to music things that are the child can associate with bedtime mm. and then kind of having them climb into bed and then go to bed after that so these are sort of the best practices but how and when you kind of get it done can be adjusted family to family it's also important to kind of remember that children require especially toddlers require a significant amount of sleep in comparison to adults adults. Mm. So I know some adults who follow the 8 hour rule because you hear that all the time like oh 8 hours 8 hours toddlers need more like 14 to 16 hours daily including their nap of sleep right. and most of that about 11 to 10 hours of that needs to be nighttime sleep. So if your child needs to be up for school at say like you know 6 o'clock in the morning you should not be trying to aim to put them down at 10 or midnight even you should kind of be very conscious of the fact that they do require a lot of nighttime sleep and a child who doesn't get enough sleep who's running on a sleep deficit will make your life a living nightmare so <laughs> yes. you need to, yes so you need to make sure your child gets proper sleep I I can tell you from experience lev- having a child who's sleep deprived is not a good idea It's interesting because some parents also will insist that their child 
falls asleep better, quicker with a cartoon mm. on in the background or watching mm. a device in bed just for that one episode. And they're like, they're very good. They just do it for that one episode or whatever. So why is that bad in that line, I suppose? What are those key things to avoid? I think if your child is older, so if I'm, t- I'm talking about sort of like a sort of higher end primary schooler or a teenager, mm. if they want to curl up to an episode of something like, you know, I, I'm cool with that. But the little ones, we're looking at sort of just the rapid amount of growth that the brain is doing. They are so easily affected by sensory stimuli because the brain is so hungry for that type of thing. Mm. And so I think that when you have your child kind of exposed to a lot of this stimuli, especially when they go to sleep or just about to go to sleep, you might run the risk of, again, either them having trouble falling asleep or having a bit of a restless sleep when they do fall asleep. So that's something that I would probably avoid when it comes to using screen time to go to bed, especially if if your child is into certain cartoons. So this is something that I've actually been looking into as a parent because before having a child, I was very much like no screen time until she's two. But now that I have a child, she's one now, it is impossible to avoid screen time even if I don't want to give it to my child other people are exposing her to it Uh, being on the plane everyone was watching something and she was just like you know googly eyed (laughs) so I think we kind of have to accept (laughs) that screen time is present but there are differences right so if if your child is watching something that is very very stimulating so bright colors flashing images loud noises those are things that are going to be a lot more triggering than say if your child watches a cartoon that is a lot slower Mm. has more muted color you know it's more so there is a debate at the moment about sort of the quality of stuff which is a different topic altogether but I think that if your child is kind of watching something that is very stimulating again that's going to impact their quality of sleep the other thing I'm also kind of wondering or worried about is about the dependency right so a lot of people a lot of adults will report not being able to sleep if say they can't scroll on their phone mm. or if they can't do right. certain yeah, things yeah. so it's it creates a dependency as well so that's sort of the thing we want to avoid I think that it's completely fine if your child prefers, for example, blackout curtains or their Mm. white noise machine and all of that stuff. But as they get older, we want to be able to kind of like switch it up a little bit so that if the situation calls for it, and they aren't able to have their blackout, they aren't able to have their white noise machine, it is something that they can still doze off with, right? So that's why I think that when we're coming up with a bedtime routine, we want to be able to, yes, have certain ground rules of what we would like, Mm. but have variability within them. That way the child can kind of like, okay, well, I like having like, calming noises but it doesn't have to be a specific white noise track from a specific playlist Mm. it can be other songs or other things so yes i think just kind of avoiding things that are too stimulating and things that are irreplaceable i think those are things that i would probably stay away from i had a very interesting conversation with a friend of a friend actually Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago who was having a real difficult time with their toddler and Mm. behavior we were just having a casual conversation and sort of I was like, you know, being the curious auntie going, okay, so what time's dinner time? What time's bedtime? Because I've gone through this several stumbling blocks, shall I say, in case my son's listening <laughs> myself. So kind of I, I consider myself a bit of an expert parent on this. And it was very interesting because I just said, here's something that you could do immediately. I don't know, try it. Uh, may help in some way because the, the child was acting out and hitting at school. Mm. And that mm. was to bring bedtime and dinner time earlier by an hour. And I was like, it's only an hour, but maybe you have to do it gradually. But just bring it back by an hour. Start things off earlier mm. and then just see what happens. A week later, I got an email saying my kid has not hit anyone in school mm. for three days. But going to the power of what you're saying, that mm. extra, maybe it's 
just the downtime that allowed yeah. them to have better quality sleep or it was sleeping earlier. Mm. But it made such an impact that the behavioral issues that the school was dealing with had not appeared for a couple of days. Mm. Is that as simple as it is sometimes? It, a lot of the time. So I'm not talking about like little ones, but even just with the clients that I work with, my young, my primary schoolers, my teenagers, my young adults, the first thing I always ask them is how sleep. And whenever they come back and they tell it, they tell me, oh, sleep hasn't been great or whatever, I will tell them before we even start any intervention, we're sorting out your sleep. That's how powerful sleep can be on your temperament and on your mood. And so whenever I have clients who are sleep deprived or running on a sleep deficit, the first thing we do is we address the sleep, whether we need additional medical help or whatever to get the sleep sorted out we always have to get sleep sorted out and then we figure out what's what's left over i have seen clients like what you're describing that have completely done done a 180 behavior has completely changed just because they were getting good sleep so behavior intervention was unnecessary the kid just needed a really good night's sleep and having that consistent so it is extremely influential so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if a child is running on not enough sleep for a long time Mm. it's really going to impact their temperament it seems so, to be yeah. something that just applies to humans across the board. Then. See, Terry, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Sleep. When I'm cranky, it's because I'm not getting enough sleep. <gasps> I yeah. already know that. I, I'll <laughs> send you like a bedtime, like an adult bedtime story for you okay, to listen to. Okay, thank you, thank you. All yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Katiana. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.